Hi guys, my name is Rachel and I'm here with a very special friend. Her name is Jenna Hong. Hi. <laughs> she is also a YouTuber and she's a really cool person and we vibe and click really well. So I'm excited <laughs> to have her on. Thank What's you for your, having me. Of course. What's your like Instagram, YouTube, so people can find you right away? Okay, my YouTube is just my name, Jenna Hong, and then my Instagram is just my name, Jenna Hong, with an X in the middle. So Jenna X Hong. Go follow her right now. Right now. Pause the podcast. Go follow her because <laughs> you won't regret it. She's actually the reason part of the reason why I started my channel I was watching her videos back in like January February of this year and I was like I want to be like Jenna which is crazy because at that point I had like I'm 300 not even kidding like, yeah 300, 300 I remember because I, so I was small. watching her and I was like her channel is growing so fast which it was at the time like going from zero to 300 in like a couple months was really impressive and so I was like wow she is awesome and she was doing work vlogs and she had she was living with roommates and I just like fell in love with her <laughs> oh my god that's crazy and it's actually insane because you were the first person that ever even contacted me that yeah. ever watched my videos because your email and i told my own blog this <laughs> your email went into my spam folder no way so i didn't read it until until a lot later i think and i usually don't respond to like any type of like email outreach i just feel like I yeah. had never seen that before, but yours was so personal and so kind that I like, I just felt compelled to respond and like give you my number. Yeah. So <laughs> if you guys don't, but you literally don't know, but I did email Jenna cause I was like so obsessed with her and I was like, hi Jenna, my name is Rachel. I'm starting my channel and you just like inspire me so much. We should be friends. And then she replied and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I did not think she would reply, but she did. And here we are almost a year later meeting in person. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. I just can't believe you're sitting in front of me. And now Jenna's like on track for 15K and she's just like blowing everybody out of the water. Oh my God. You're too, you're too <laughs> nice. Says the person who literally grew to like however much you have now, like 66? 61. 61. That's it is insane. insane. Yeah. In one year. It is insane. And all thanks to you guys listening. Life is crazy. And yeah. I'm just so glad that I met you and that I can actually have quote internet friends. I, I never thought that would be possible. Like Me I too. saw other YouTubers who like would meet up and they would vlog and you'd see the double matrix vlogs, but I never thought that could be me. And then look at me now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. I like didn't expect it at all to make any type of like friends or connections when I started my channel. I just thought like I'd be sharing my life and putting it out there for the viewer, but I to have actual personal connections, I just didn't Yeah. And like real that. ones, like yeah. friends that you can actually talk about like faith with, relationships mm -hmm. with. Like it's such a, a privilege or a perk of having this kind of job. Jen and I have a lot in common. We both were finance majors, but we both kind of regret that decision now in the sense of that we don't use it for our career. Um, we both have nine to five jobs. If you guys like work vlogs, you'd love Jenna's channel. We both do YouTube. We both have or had boyfriends who were going for med school at one point. <laughs> we both have immigrant parents, which we'll talk more about later. And I feel like we have a silly sense of humor. That's so funny. You think I have a silly sense of humor. I do not think I have a silly sense really? of humor. Really? Yeah. I think you have a better sense of humor in terms of like being funny. And like, even in your editing, I can see your humor in, in the way that you edit. I love that. Oh, thank you. And I don't think I have that. But that's no, nice I can that you tell, think that. I can tell you have have a sense of humor just the way you text me the emojis that you use <laughs> and like i feel like we bring that out of each other which 
I appreciate it. That's so nice. No, I appreciate it too. And I feel like I agree. I think we have a lot in common on like not only like a basic like surface level, but I just think how quickly we were able to connect shows how much we have in common too, just on like who we are. Definitely. So Jenna's in South Florida. As you guys can tell, she's literally in my room right now, like in my office. She's sitting next to me. We're not doing this virtually. So tell us how'd you get here? Because if you guys don't know, tell us where you live and like all that. My family is from Maryland, but I live in Arlington, Virginia because I work in Tyson's. So I work around 15 minutes away from Arlington. I don't know if I told you this, but my family usually goes on an annual trip during the holidays to Jamaica. Like, I don't know why, oh, wow. but we would always just go to Jamaica around the holidays. It started off as like an anniversary gift to my mom from my dad because their anniversary is around Thanksgiving. And then we just moved to Christmas because it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. So we did that. We couldn't go anywhere last year, obviously, because of the pandemic. And this year, my parents were like, it'd just be easier to stay in the country. For the first time ever, we're here in Miami for like our annual family trip. That's awesome. It's crazy. How do you like it so far? What'd you guys get up to? We have been eating a lot of really good food. Of course, <laughs> my sister's a huge foodie. So we've been eating a lot, trying all the Asian restaurants and just the good restaurants in general. And then we've just gone to a bunch of museums shopping and yeah just how like do you relaxing. like the weather down here the weather you know i think the weather i'm having a love-hate relationship <laughs> with because like when i get nervous or if i'm like working out i like just sweat so easily mm-hmm. and i the humidity the pockets of humidity that i've been able to see here in miami has not been treating me well <laughs> <laughs> But I am surprised that I feel like it's not that humid at night because I went on a walk after dinner with my mom yesterday and it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even in like a sweatshirt, which I didn't think would happen. So yeah, nighttime is definitely a little bit cooler. And I do think you adapt. Like if you live here for a longer period of time, you kind of get used to it. Mm. I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but I also feel like your hair kind of gets used to it to a certain really? extent. Or you like learn how to style it, I guess, or mm-hmm. like learn what like products to use. Yeah. My hair could not take it. My hair is already so like coarse and thick and it gets busy very fast well it looks good right now well thank you that's because of you know my best friend the Dyson Airwrap so <laughs> the Dyson Airwrap needs to sponsor Jenna for real <laughs> <laughs> if you could live anywhere in the world now that you've seen Miami mm-hmm. I feel like you would know but if I could live anywhere I need to live in Korea because mm-hmm. I am not conversational in Korean and I think that the only way to really to really learn language is to just immerse myself in the culture. And Korea is just so cool. There's so many it's so like high tech. I feel like I'm living in the future in Seoul. Food there is amazing. You get it like right away. And just the culture in general is so I, I identify with it obviously because I'm hundred percent Korean American, but I just think it would be so cool to live there. Have you ever been to Korea? I did. Yes, I've been there. Um, I studied abroad in Korea the summer after my freshman year. So it was right before my sophomore year. I studied abroad there the whole summer. So I was there for like nine weeks. That was the longest time I did ever awesome. been there. And it was yeah, it was amazing. I felt like I really got a sense of learning my background and it helped me learn myself better Mm -hmm. by being there. And now I'm not afraid to go back because I was afraid before and now I just, I want to go back. Oh wow. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Do your parents, have your parents been back since they came for the first time? They, yeah, they go usually, my mom usually goes every year because my grandma on my mom's side lives in Korea and my uncle lives there, but my dad, he's only ever been probably just like a handful of times Mm -hmm. since with my mom because his whole family lives here in America. Okay. So if we ever go, it's for family, but it's just so, it's so nice there. When AJ and I went to Thailand, our layover was in South Korea. Oh really? And I remember in that airport, first of all, it was the most beautiful airport I've ever been in. 
and they had robots coming really like, yeah robots oh were like driving through the hallways and they looked they were like in the shape of people mm-hmm. and they were like do you need anything do you want to order anything oh my god and it was crazy like they offered you a charging uh cord and they just like rolled around and asked people if they need anything and i thought that was the coolest thing i've ever seen oh my god yeah that's so cool i just feel like there's so much innovation in specifically those countries in asia uh-huh. i just can't imagine like i can't even imagine that happening here no it it would take like 50 years for that to happen here (laughs) okay so how are you feeling as we close out 2021 is there any life lessons you learned this year or anything you want to share I feel like I know we were talking about this a little bit in the car I just didn't expect my channel that's really how I would identify 2021 to me I started this year only having my channel for like two months and I was just I didn't really know what the year would bring I remember I wrote in my vision board to hit like 1,000 subscribers and to have like one brand sponsorship and that's just truly realistically what I thought would happen for me so closing out this year having almost having 11,600 something subscribers just I exceeded my expectations so much and I think I believe in myself a lot more in terms of how I put my energy into my channel and like what I want in life. I feel like I can close out this year knowing myself so much better and kind of believing in myself more than than I ever thought I would. Yeah, that's powerful. (laughs) So this is your first full year on YouTube. You mentioned this in one of your videos. How do you ride the ups and downs when it comes to maybe a video is not doing well, maybe a video is popping off. How do you kind of stay even keeled? Or is that something that you struggle with? Because I know I personally struggle with seeing the ups and downs. It kind of makes me a little bit emotionally unstable, if I'm not going to lie. So I'm trying to work on that myself. So I was curious if you have any tips or if you have experienced that. Yeah, I think I know personally money cannot be the reason that I have my channel and it's not. I think even if I didn't make money, I would still make videos and share my life and just try to impact others. But I mean, since I started making money from it, like I can only afford my apartment because of the extra income that yeah. that revenue gives me. And and I do feel like I've changed my lifestyle to account for providing more value in my content. So I'm just feeling everything <laughs> You're feeling the same thing I'm feeling. We yeah. talked a little bit about it earlier that it's been a tough season for content creators Mm -hmm. i feel like uh, especially us newbies we don't really know how to handle these lows i feel like more experienced or bigger creators they've seen seasons of drought Mm -hmm. i could say um but we're just like chugging along doing our best and i think you guys for and i know a lot of jenna's people are listening too like you guys are just so amazing and supporting us and everything we do and we couldn't get through these seasons without your support and your kind comments so truly do you still love youtube as much as you did when you first started i think Honestly, I love it so much more mm-hmm. because I finally was able to like level up my hardware. Like I got MacBook, a MacBook yeah. and I can no longer edit on my iPad. Thank God. Guys, she was editing <laughs> full vlogs for like a year on her <laughs> yeah. iPad. I like can't if anyone that. can do it, like take this from Jenna. Like you don't <laughs> need the equipment. You can do it on your iPhone. You can do it on your iPad, whatever you have. There's nothing standing in your way. And Jenna is living proof of that. It's so cool. I feel like I'm like falling in love with editing all over again because I went from just like doing everything with my hands and fingers on my <laughs> iPad. With your fingers. <laughs> I would like make things smaller and stuff with my fingers. It's crazy. But now that I have like a, I invested in a good piece of hardware to edit my videos and I feel like I'm falling in love with editing all over again. I think my creative brain is kind of like reignited and I, I feel inspired so much more. Something about seeing a little bit of success just makes you fall in love 
love with anything. I feel like even if you weren't a YouTuber, whatever career you're in, when you start to get good at something and you see results and fruits coming out of your labor, it really does help you fall in love with your career. And I think a lot of us, when we look at our parents, we're like, why does my dad or my mom work so much at a random job, like a random weird niche job, but they're so in love with it? It's like, did you grow up one day thinking you would be that? It's like, not necessarily, but over the years you get good at something and you mm -hmm. see fruits and you see impact and you just fall in love with whatever it is. You do have the ability to give yourself a life you've dreamt of. And I think that our parents had a different ways of surviving. And I know we'll talk about this more later, but having like immigrant parents, they, they had to find a job. They had to make money and whether or not they loved it or not, like it didn't matter. And yeah. I think that we're in a unique position in this generation and being children of immigrant parents to, to could think about maybe I can achieve the life I've always wanted and yeah. if I know I work hard and and then I can see myself sustaining financially through something that I really love that's just like beyond my wildest dreams and I think yeah. like seeing just a little a little glimpse little snippet. of that just a, just a little bit give me something <laughs> yeah Okay, so we have an advice email that I want to read with Jenna because I think she can have a valuable input on this. So this person said, Hi ladies, I want to quit my job next year, but I'm still somewhat afraid. I have plenty of money to afford this career gap, but yet I can't commit to doing it. I would love to try my hand at content creation, if not a career pivot. I want this break to discover myself and my next steps. Any advice? Thanks so much. Oh man. A tough one. I totally understand. <laughs> I think it's I think it's easy to stay in something that gives you financial comfort, first of all, but also just it's easy to know what tomorrow will bring you. And I think it's very natural to be afraid of something that you don't know. You don't know what the future will hold if you want to quit your job. But I would hold on to how you feel and knowing to make the decision that you do want to quit. Because I recently quit my, my previous and first job that I ever had. And it's definitely very scary. But but just hold on to why you think you want to quit and consider what you would want to do next. For me, I didn't go into content creation full-time as soon as I quit my job, just because I want to still see what it's like to work in corporate and just kind of pivot. That's kind of what I did. So the content creation thing, it's like, ugh. So it's tough because you want to do content creation, which we totally get. I mean, like if you're asking anyone, you're asking the right people because we are the girls who are working nine to five and doing content. So I would say kind of evaluate do you have to quit altogether? Is there a way where you can go part-time and still have a little bit of stability and work on your content creation? Because it takes a lot of time to, to make money with content. Jenna and I can attest, it takes months and months and if not years to make your first dollar. So if you only have enough saved up for six months or a year, I would say maybe you shouldn't rely on content creation, but I definitely think if you're interested and passionate about it, you should pursue it. I just maybe think don't quit your job altogether. But again, I don't have all the information, so I don't know. But like Jenna said, if you want a career pivot, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And you should totally follow your heart and follow your instincts. If your instincts are telling you that this career is not for you, definitely pivot. I just want you to be financially secure enough to make that uh, decision. And I'm glad that you said that you do have plenty of money to afford this career gap if you do want to take a break from working and try your hand at content creation full time. I still, I mean, I still, even a year later, I'm struggling trying to figure out how to spend the time to 
content create because it takes so much more time than I ever even imagined. So I would definitely try just trying content creation as a hobby maybe at first and maybe just try to put one video out every week or every two weeks and see what that process yeah. is like for you administratively aside Because maybe from, you'll hate it. Yeah. I know some people yeah. who just tr- who start and then they're like, oh, this is actually isn't for me. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have quit my job. <laughs> so I don't know, just kind of like Jenna said, dabble in it and yeah. see. But I feel like there's two separate issues here. One is content creation and one is a career pivot. So regardless, if you go into content creation, I feel like just by you writing this email, you kind of know you want to pivot. And so it's kind of like, okay, now I know I need to change. Now, what do I do? Yeah. And something that helped me a lot when I was career pivoting. So if you guys don't know, I used to work in government contracts consulting um, and I was in client facing consultant for a CPA firm and I pivoted a little bit. Now I do strategy, corporate strategy internally for that same company. So I just kind of shifted to a different industry within the same company that I work for. And that was really scary. I did not know that that would be the right decision when I have received an offer, but something that really helped me, my sister gave me this advice and I'd love to give it to you too, is think about your resume. Think about the skills that you want to either add to your resume. Like what does your resume show now that is lacking and what would you want your resume to look like in let's say six months or a year? Like what type of experience would you like to give yourself, whether that is creative experience. So you could add that to your resume. Absolutely. Trying content creation and learning new skills on video editing. That's something that you could consider too. Just thinking about what you would want your resume to look like and either what job position could give you that skill or how can you create that type of position for yourself if that is on the more creative content creation side. What Jenna said. That was really good. (laughs) We're all just winging it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So today's main topic of the day is having immigrant parents. So if you guys don't know, my parents are from Romania. My dad and mom came over in 1992 and then they got married right after, had my brother and then they had me. And then Jenna is Korean American. So her parents did the same thing, but from South Korea. So we have that in common. So I want to ask you, what is it like being a first generation? generation American. We see sneak peeks in your vlogs, which I pick up on because I'm like super aware of those things, but like your mom's cooking or like your Mm. community, I can see you have a big community that you love. Um, How is that? Yeah, it's so interesting. And I really think only in the last maybe like two or three years of my life, I've really been able to embrace who I am as a true like Korean American. I feel 50-50, although both of my parents immigrated here from Korea. It's more interesting, I think, because my dad actually moved here when he was 12. So he, in a way, grew up in America, but he wasn't born here. And, and especially back in the sixties and seventies, I think life was probably a lot different as a young Asian Mm -hmm. boy growing up, as opposed to me growing up here. What's it like? It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I struggle a lot with the language of it because my parents, um, decided not to move forward with me learning Korean growing up. And for such a long time, I hated that. Like for a long time, I was really upset with my parents for not teaching me Korean. Mm. And I felt like I couldn't identify with being a first generation, or I think technically it's 1.5 because my dad did go to college here. So like one and a half Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I have no idea, but my dad went to UVA for anyone 
curious. Um, my mom moved here after, or I think right before she married my dad. Um, she was set up by his aunt. I think that's what it is. Oh, interesting. Aunt her aunt was like, meet each other. And then, yeah, and then they got married in 1989. So growing up, it I resented them a lot because I felt like I couldn't identify with being Korean, but I didn't look like I was American. Right. So I kind of didn't know what to do with that. But I found out later on as I grew up, my dad basically said when I was so young, not reciprocating, learning that language, they decided to stop because they were nervous that I would have an accent growing up. Oh my gosh. And I had that kind of like blew my mind because how different would my life if if I did have an Asian accent, probably a lot different, unfortunately. So wow, I know. that just gave me chills because right, that's so like powerful, not necessarily in a good way, but it's like why are accents so looked down upon to the point where a parent may not want to teach their child a foreign language like we as society need to do better um that's very powerful i know it's so interesting and then in that moment i just instantly like stopped being upset because i thought that like my parents didn't care and i just would grow up not never knowing korean because of basically like not working with me as a young kid but once i understood that they were essentially thinking about my future at such a young age it it just made me so grateful immediately because even having like the corporate job that I have, I work for a very large CPA firm and I I have met people at my company that do have accents, but did they probably have to prove themselves a little more? Most likely they were thinking about what opportunities I would have and what hardships I would face. And they were nervous about me having an accent. So they just said, she'll learn it eventually. And I will learn it eventually. It was just very hard. (laughs) That is very powerful. I'm so glad that you shared that with me because it's something I never would have thought of. Um, And I remember my, my dad, has a very heavy accent Uh, people think he's russian but he's not it's just a very similar accent but my mom she went to english school so when she was pregnant with my brother yeah wow so she my mom has a very slight accent i'm sure you guys can pick up on it but i remember being asked as a child like oh your mom has an accent and i was like what no she doesn't like to me it sounds normal but to other people they can pick up on it so i didn't realize how important accents were but they do impact a lot Mm -hmm. yeah i think people are so much quicker to judge you and your intelligence if you do have an accent which is so unfortunate because it has literally nothing to do with how smart you are if anything you're smarter because you know two languages bilingually Yeah. yeah um but yeah, it's very interesting. I So I grew up just struggling a lot with my identity as being full Korean, yet not speaking it. And it took a lot of time to accept that. But now that I kind of know that backstory, I think I can just kind of appreciate my parents. And now it's on me to learn it. I got to learn it. Do a lot of your fellow Korean friends who are your age speak Korean fluently? I think actually, so I grew up, um, most of my Korean friends were at church because I went to a Korean church growing up. Honestly, was maybe around 50-50. A lot of my friends didn't speak Korean at home and then the other half only spoke Korean at home. Right. Thomas, my boyfriend, he exclusively speaks Korean at home because he immigrated here when he was five and his parents were very adamant on him keeping his Korean. So no matter what, they can all speak English, but when they're home, they choose to only speak Korean. I love that community that they have with each other. I feel like they're closer with each other because they can speak speak in Korean at home. Yeah, my Romanian community is very similar. The Most of the people my age speak Romanian better than I do. When people ask me if I speak Romanian, I say that I can understand it 100%, but when I speak it, I just like want to throw up because I get so nervous. <laughs> 
I can speak it if I have to, but I, I choose not to because I don't want to embarrass myself mm. and I'm very like self-conscious of it. But if people are having a conversation, I can understand it, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I think because my parents had us like right when they came and they plugged us into the Romanian church, similar to you, we grew up in the Romanian church and we were always around it. So luckily I can understand it, but I can totally relate to being the one in the group who can't really speak it. Yeah. Or like when we go to Romania, I, I'm really shy because I don't want to like embarrass myself in, in Romania, like speaking to Romanians. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, definitely yeah. tough. So what are your parents like in the sense of, are they super strict? Do they fall into that stereotype of, you know, super strict immigrant parents? Are they super Americanized? Have you seen them change or grow over the years? Yeah, no, I love I love this question. I think that my parents honestly are very, very Americanized. I, I felt like I grew up in an American home. Over the years, they I think they kind of eased in the Korean culture on me as I was growing up, which I really appreciate now. They're just really fun. My parents are really cool. I think that I thought that they would be such traditional parents, but once I grew closer with my Korean community and, and I met a lot more traditional parents, mm-hmm. I can appreciate how much time and effort my parents put into really giving me like a melting pot experience growing up of being a true Korean dash American person. Um, my dad, he is a doctor and I think that's on the more traditional side of being Asian. Like you want your kids to be a lawyer or a doctor. And if you're not like you suck, but (laughs) (laughs) my dad, he worked really hard to create his life and having a more traditional upbringing on his end. He was able to really understand that that's not what life is like now. Um, I was just talking to my sister very recently about how far of a way my parents have come just in the last two to three years about mental health because I think that's something that is so non-traditional in Asia Mm -hmm. that there's just mental health doesn't exist you just work forever and (laughs) provide to your family and it doesn't matter how you feel so seeing my parents become a lot more accepting and understanding of what mental health really is mental illness even Mm -hmm. I think that they've just come such a long way very much more recently and I'm really proud of them I think that I just learn everything from them and like I just know that they've given me so much in my life and I feel like all I can do is live my whole life to show that I see what they've given me and I just want to give that back to them oh that's so sweet I really want to meet them they sound amazing your mom's cooking is like fire anytime I see it on the vlogs I'm like oh my gosh it's so good I don't know she always does this thing where I'm like, okay, mom, how did you make this? And she'll laugh and she'll go, I can't tell you the recipe. I don't, I don't have recipes. And she'll just tell me like really quickly. I obviously cannot write it down in that moment. And then she's like, okay, that's it. So she low key doesn't want you to replicate I think it. So too. She doesn't want me to. What's her name? Her name is Jihan. So Jihan. she tells she tells her friends to call her G. And I think that that's kind of swaggy. I know, right? She's like, you can call me G. <laughs> well g if you're listening i love the way you raised your daughter and i think you did an amazing job that's so nice (laughs) so what is one thing that you can share that your parents taught you that you will never forget i'll answer first what you think okay my parents taught me and especially my mom that you should never stop working for what you want or in another way another way to say it is don't let anyone tell you what you can't do So my mom, being an immigrant, cannot speak English, pregnant, got pregnant literally like the day they got married, she got (laughs) pregnant. She was pregnant riding the bus to nursing assistant school and English lesson school. She tells this story where she threw up on the bus once and everyone was like... (laughs) 
upset because this immigrant pregnant lady was throwing up on the bus and they were like, what's going on? But through all that, now she's a doctor. Like 25 years later, she went to nursing assistant school. She was like, screw that, I wanna be a nurse. She went to nursing school. She said, screw that, I wanna be a PA. She went to PA school and she worked for like 10 years. She raised us um, oh my God. as a PA and she said, okay, Rachel's in high school, screw it. I'm gonna go to medical school. So oh she went to gosh. medical school and now you guys know she's a dermatologist and she's opening her own practice. And it's like, don't let anyone tell you you can't do it because you can, you can do anything. That's, <laughs> wait, your mom is amazing. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, she's a beast and I wanna have her on the podcast too. She'll tell you like her whole story, but. You get your humor from her too. Really? Oh yeah, you guys are the same <laughs> funny, I love it. It's so fun. I think for me, my parents, what have they taught me? Something that I hold on to a lot and I don't think there was ever like a concrete time that they told me this that I can remember, but something that they've always told me that what you give at some point will be returned even if it's not right away because i think that my parents are such such giving people they give to their friends and their family more than i really see anyone else in my life and you would think that stuff like that is reciprocated back from the same people and oftentimes it's not just because that's that's life and whenever i come to my parents about advice on friendships that maybe aren't giving me the the energy that i give them or just something in return i say like why is this friend being this way they always tell me that whatever you give if, if it's not given back to you by that person it will be eventually and i think i've learned to be very giving through them and through them telling me that so yeah I to just like kind of like be the best be the best version of yourself no matter what other people are yeah, doing exactly. to and you. Like, and like, if you can make someone's life easier, all of that will be returned. Like, I think it's more of like the God sees what you do and you can give, give, give and expect nothing back. And one day, whether or not like you notice it or not, like it will be returned. And I think mm -hmm. just having that view on life is very peaceful. Yeah. The Bible says when you do something for the least of these, you do it for me. Meaning like when you do something for anybody else on earth, you're not just doing it for that person, but you're serving God and he sees that and he will reward that. Um, whether he rewards you on earth or in heaven, that's up to him. But I definitely believe in that too. And that's really powerful. If you have kids, how much of your Korean culture would you want to impart on them? I would want to impart on them so much immediately. I like <laughs> need to learn Korean. I've told myself like if I don't know Korean by the time I have kids, then something is very wrong with me because I really want them to learn Korean. I think if I'm if I marry my boyfriend, then me and my partner who's Korean will um, will teach our kids Korean well and adopt a really really nice sweet spot of growing up in America being Korean mm -hmm. as opposed to being an Americanized korean do you know what i mean yeah i want to really introduce the food very quickly because my parents had separate meals for me and my sister like we would have like american food growing up and my dad would have korean food i think up until like middle school and that was such a shock but i love korean food now so i want to just adopt a very nice balance of both right away mm -hmm. to be honest i don't really feel like a romanian american i feel like an american um compared to the other romanians in my community I feel like I'm more on the outskirts in a sense of I distanced myself a little bit more in high school and college. So I'm not as plugged in as let's say you are mm -hmm. or my brother is. My brother's super plugged in. So I don't know. It's hard because I don't know where I'll be in that time. I don't know if I'll still be 
like around the same people or or what's going to be happening but given that aj is filipino i don't think we'll be speaking romanian i mean i can't even barely speak it so that part won't be but i definitely agree about the cooking because my grandma she's going to cook my kids the best romanian food because that is my favorite type of food when my grandma cooks like even aj is like salivating over it because oh my gosh it's just so good and like you said i want to introduce my kids to that right away so that it's not like a shock like you went through yeah um i think it's so funny that your parents waited to introduce you to food i think my mom just wanted to like give us a, a good dinner and we would always have family dinner together but my mom always tells me this story about how one day my dad like put his foot down because my mom was stressed about like spaghetti versus my dad's like korean <laughs> soup and he was like you know what if they're not gonna eat the food that you make if it's korean food then they're just not gonna eat dinner and then she says that after that like we just wanted to eat something and so we would eat it and not like it and then eventually we did like it but yeah an acquired taste mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. for sure do you hang out with mostly koreans Growing up, I would say, so I went to a very small school growing up and all of my school friends lived in Baltimore, which was around 45 minutes from my house. I grew up having mainly Korean friends because all of my closest friends were closest to me and they were at church. So I grew up with a lot of Korean friends. I would say maybe probably like 95% Korean friends. I think now I have a lot more Asian friends, but they're actually, many of them are Korean. And I think that's just kind of by chance. I decided not to join the Korean Student Association in college. I don't know why. I think at that point when I was in college, I was like, I want to leave all my like Korean community. I like wanted something new. <laughs> see what else is out there. Yeah. So I like joined like a sorority and not the, the ethnic groups and I really liked it. So I kind of carried that on. And then after college, I remained closest with a couple of my friends from college and they just all happened to be, um, the Asian ones. I don't know. I think I don't, I could never explain it, but I always, for some reason, feel an instant closer connection, or I feel like I'm more willing to open up and connect with somebody with, with an Asian person. I have like no idea why, but I've just always felt that way. I think it makes sense. You have like when AJ sees a Filipino, it's like automatically they, they dap each other up. It's like, Oh, like we're brothers. Like, yeah, it's just something that you have in common. That's not necessarily something you see on the street every day. And so that totally makes sense. Yeah. But for me, yeah. it's harder because Romanians, you could be Romanian, you could be Russian, you could be Armenian, you could be like when you don't have distinct features, mm-hmm. you, you don't really, I can't really walk up to someone and say, are you Romanian? Cause yeah. it's like, you would never know. <laughs> yeah. So that it's sense. definitely unique and something to cherish. Yeah. That's very true. So wait, how did you meet Thomas? Was oh he my, from your church? Oh my gosh, Thomas. Okay. Thomas was not from my church. My ex-boyfriend before Thomas, he was through church and he went to my brother's school. Like we went, we rode the same bus together. We were like best friends. And then when we broke up, I like, he broke up with me. It's fine. Oh no. I know. I was like, why would you do that? But, and I was need heartbroken. to find this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have no idea where he is, but I was heartbroken. This was all in high school granted. So take this all with a grain of salt. I was like 17. My best friend was like, Oh, I know this guy that will help you get over your ex-boyfriend. His name's Thomas and he doesn't date anybody. (laughs) Thomas was a rebound. (laughs) Thomas was a rebound. (laughs) And I love, I think that's really funny. And I think in some ways it kind of worked out perfectly because when I met him, 
I expected absolutely nothing. And so like if we ever went on a date, like we went on our first date to Korean barbecue and I just literally, that was my first time meeting him. I expected nothing. And he was just this random guy that my friend wanted me to meet had nothing in common, like really not even many mutual friends. And I kind of feel like that helped break the ice of like, doesn't really matter what happens. Like we'll just meet each other. Mm-hmm. And then we kept meeting each other. And then before <laughs> I knew it, I was like lying to my mom about like golf practice. So I oh could see gosh. him after school. And then, and then we started golf dating. Practice. Golf Let's practice. rewind on that. <laughs> <laughs> I played golf like my whole life. That's so interesting. My dad paid for like all those camps for me to oh my gosh golf. do you love it to this day or I you never like liked get it that ever. away from me <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I never liked it ever but I loved seeing how happy it made my dad so I continued with it and I was even like captain of my team I think I was just naturally good at it and my dad was like oh my god and my sister loved it and was good at it so I was good at it I did not love it but I still continued on but so so it was easy to tell my mom that golf practice was going long because I didn't oh, want to play golf and gosh. I just wanted to see this kid <laughs> I cannot I cannot I'm in shock right now imagine like you go on a business meeting and like you just randomly are the best one and like you you, love that you close the deal because Mm. you're just such a good golfer oh yeah i love being at work and i tell them yeah your dad knew he was like this will help her (laughs) so how long and you have thomas been together We've been together, yes, since high school. So that whole story was junior year of high school. And now it's been seven and a half years. So same as me and AJ. Another thing we have in common. Oh my God. Long-term boys. I love it though. And I feel like you will agree with this hopefully, but like, I just feel like I never felt the need to date anybody else or meet new people because I felt like I found somebody that I wanted to share those life experiences with. And whether that was at a young age, like I loved... I felt like I was growing up with my best friend and I felt like life was just so meaningful so fast and I just wanted to keep that going and here we are all those years later but why would I want to meet someone new when I have such a meaningful like relationship and experience 100% and I feel like you'll know in your gut if that's your person because if you have that constant feeling of oh I wonder what's out there oh I feel tied down if you're having those thoughts then that person may not be for you but when you don't have those thoughts it's just more reassurance that you are where you're supposed to be when you're growing up with someone you either grow apart or you grow together Mm -hmm. so if you can grow together that just like solidifies you even more and so i don't know i'm i'm a pro of like high school relationships (laughs) (laughs) everyone's like high school relationships never work out and i'm like stop saying that i'm like sorry you didn't meet them like sorry for you but (laughs) speak for yourself I feel like I always define myself as like a maximizer. Like I always just want the most of everything I do see, meet, whatever it is. And I feel like I truly lucked out because with Thomas, I feel like I'm getting the most of relationships. Like I feel like he he's just such a great partner and I feel like I'm living life with someone right by my side. Like I feel like I'm getting the most of life like with him yeah. experiencing it with me. And that like, makes sense. It's just nice. Mm-hmm. Hi, Thomas. <laughs> Okay, so I have an article from The New Yorker that I want to read. It's a funny article about how immigrant parents say I love you. Oh my god, I was just talking about this with my mom because it's so funny. So we're going to read it and see if any of these are true for us. The first way they say I love you is by silence. (laughs) A picture is worth a thousand words, but silence from an immigrant parent after you've completed a task is worth a million. It means that you didn't do anything wrong yet 
I think this is true for me and my dad. Uh, my dad's not much of a talker. So when, so basically no news is good news with yeah. my dad. I think that at like now I say, I love you to my parents because I am like hyper aware that I want them to know I love them. But yeah, growing up, I don't, I don't even remember saying I love you to my parents and I definitely don't remember hearing it. Yeah. It was just in like the food that they gave was I love you. And my dad dropping me off at the bus was I love you. And that's how they would say it, but they would never say it. Is it working? Rachel and Jenna here. <laughs> it's an ASMR break. Brought to you by the Dyson Air app. <laughs> we had to restart the clip because my thing was glitching out. Okay, good. But we're Is back. Is it working? Good. Yeah. Okay. Fruit cut up and delivered to you on a plate unsolicited. The less necessary it is to cut up the fruit, the deeper their love (laughs) is for you. If you are slicing bananas, you are the light of their lives. That's so funny. Growing up every single night after we ate, like fruit was our dessert. So my mom, we would always like go to the couch after dinner and my mom would clean up and eventually I would help clean up with my mom. And then we always have fruit after dinner. I don't know why, but I love it. And maybe that's why I love sweets because I only had fruit growing up. So Mm. now I'm like cookies. Like, yeah, I want them. I didn't ever have them. I feel this with my grandma. My grandma used to slice apples and peel the skin off for me. Same. And it was so nice. I wonder if that's an immigrant thing. I wonder. She would like peel them with a peeler. And I was like, you don't have to peel them. Like, it's fine. She's like, no, no, no. Let me do this for you. (laughs) I was like, fine. It's like Uncrustables with her fruit. Oh my gosh. Yes. Lack of physical touch. Physical touch may be an official love language according to Instagram Explore page, but trying to hug your stoic father at Patel Brothers is basically unacceptable. Danny Tanner, full house hugs are science fiction. This is true. It's I mean, so true. my mom is actually pretty touchy and I'm personally not a physical touch person. So, but I can definitely relate to this with my dad. Like, yeah, it's just a thing. Just, yeah, just don't touch. Just, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I feel like it's a respect thing. Yeah. Like don't come into my personal space yeah i think so yeah okay forcing you to do kumon homework for three hours did you go to academy growing up no i didn't oh my god i so did it was <laughs> such an asian thing okay it says that's called quality time okay sure you're not talking to each other but your parents are sitting nearby reading newspapers filled with misinformation and glaring at you every time you get up to pee like they're amazon floor managers that's what love is all about oh my gosh <laughs> i didn't do kumon necessarily But my mom would make me do her own version, which is called double check papers. Oh my God. So every time I did math, apparently I got a lot of things wrong. Like I was just rushing through the homework and I got a lot of like B's and B's were not acceptable. So she would make me do my math homework twice, once on the actual paper and once on like a regular notebook paper. And she called it the double check paper. Oh my God. So every night I would have to come and put my double check paper on the counter to prove that I did it. So she would see all my math problems worked out. Out. Like I had to work out the problem twice because she wanted to reinforce in my mind that accuracy is important. Wow. And you have to double check your work. So to this day, I'm like such a double checker and I get so irritated at people at work who don't double check their work. Cause I'm like, did your mother not teach you to do double check papers? <laughs> oh my God. And that is why she's a doctor to this day. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, not me. <laughs> oh my God. I grew up going to, it wasn't Kumon, but we just called it in Korean. It's called Hagwon. It's like Academy. And they would like help me with my homework. My parents would just drop me off. Like they wouldn't oh even gosh. be there. Yeah. It was after school, go straight to Hagwon and we would just do our homework there eventually we would study for the SATs there and stuff and then any homework that I had I would do at home and yeah my mom would be cooking as I would do it and I hated it but I had to do it (laughs) wow 
doing things you didn't ask them to do like filling up your gas tank, giving you $50 to cover a cup of coffee. <laughs> so indirectly giving you money, but claiming it's for something else. Did your parents angrily stuff Vaseline, Ziploc bags, and dish sponges into your purse? Accept these gestures, whether you already have several tubs of Vaseline or not. And don't you dare say thank you. <laughs> That's interesting. I remember so coming funny. home from college and my mom would be like, take whatever you need. I would be like, do you have any snacks? Can I take this pasta? Can I take these beans? And she's like, yeah take whatever you need definitely whenever i'm home to this day like i've never gotten my oil changed because my dad (laughs) is so nice and he just does it when i'm home so i think this is definitely true as well okay bombarding your phone i don't think my parents ever actually did this forwarding memes about jesus oh (laughs) texts on whatsapp 15 missed calls oh my gosh okay actually maybe my grandma my grandma that lives in romania is like this like she's super on into facebook and sending memes and whatsapp and like pictures of flowers and like things like that so not so much my parents because they're more like in the now in the know (laughs) my mom loves bitmoji still she still sends me bitmojis (laughs) of like good morning good night and like love you so much yeah sending google alerts about homicides in your area oh my god i do not do that or i do not receive those do you no I don't. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Roundabout questions. Immigrant parents incapable of asking how are you will instead ask when you last had the oil changed in your car if you mailed your tax return yet. Also, have you eaten? Oh my God, that's so true. Yeah, my grandma. My mom definitely is like the, if I ever forgot it once on a trip or like forgot it once coming home, she'll ask me every single time afterwards. Like, did you, did you remember to bring this? Did you remember to bring this again? (laughs) It's for the rest of your life. It is. It truly is. At one time I forgot my contact to um to my family vacation and truly i think that must have been like 10 years ago and still every year now she's like did you bring your contacts that's hilarious (laughs) have you been incorporating enough milk into your diet that's so true i feel like the older generation is really into milk (laughs) asking about a friend that you haven't thought of since the bush administration How's Corinne doing? You have no idea. They may not know the names of any of your current friends or your job title, but what their interest in Corinne indicates is that they care about you. That's true. That's so interesting. That's so true. I, When I was a GovCon consultant, I still can't even describe what that job is and definitely neither could they, but especially that first year after college, my parents would ask me about like my high school friends that I yeah. just didn't talk to anymore. And I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I feel like they get set friends and then once that friend is like in their mind, it's hard for them to get them out. So true. Yeah. That's so true. Going the extra 8,000 miles for you. They left behind the only life they'd ever known to move to a foreign place called Paris, but in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) They accept their new reality of not following the metric system and being served tea without milk. They said goodbye to their friends, family, and entire network to adapt a culture where they must keep up with both the Kardashians and the Geico cinematic universe. They did all this just to give their kids the opportunity opportunities they never had to grow up safely go to a good school and eat funnel cake at six flags so true so so true i feel like they've encountered so many hardships that i know i will never face and just experiencing the life that i have i know that it's all because of my parents and i just can't i feel like there's nothing i can do to give that back to them other than other than i don't even know what (laughs) being the best you can be we talked about this in the car a little bit about how our parents gave up so much and worked so hard and how we as their children just want to do everything we can to make them proud 
and we feel like we need to kind of make it worthwhile like make their sacrifice worthwhile by living a good life and being the best we can and being successful and enjoying life and i think that's why many immigrants struggle with mental health because it's like well i gave up so much for you to be here and you're telling me that you're depressed or you're anxious i just think it's interesting how that dynamic plays out yeah and they view life so much differently because because it was different and we have different lives than our parents i think that's what they always wanted and all they can do is teach us through their hardships things that hopefully we won't have to face and i think in a way that's it's kind of like a heartbreakingly beautiful kind of thing but yeah Yeah. i just hope to live my life and they're proud i hope i hope you're proud mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's finish off with one last thing can you tell us one thing about yourself that most people aren't aware of Oh my gosh, a secret. I, I literally don't know. I was thinking about this question and I've mentioned this a small number of times and it's literally just the only thing I can think of, but not on my videos. I have like such a bad mouth. Like I curse so often and it's not good, but I can't help myself. I'm a very emotional person. And sometimes you just need curse words to show those emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot picture you. haven't cursed yet today. I know. That's right. <laughs> She's afraid to show me her true self. <laughs> Low key, she cursed 20 times. I bleep them out of this podcast (laughs) i'm just kidding she didn't oh my gosh yeah no it's crazy i think i i do my best honestly to wear my heart on my sleeve even on my videos and sometimes i have to like remind myself that i'm doing that because my friend will like check in on me and be like hey like i saw you crying on your blog okay and i'm like oh my god that's right but i do my best to just truly be my my authentic self whether it's good or bad or whatever but i do think that profanity does not need to be in a video and yeah i think it's important because a lot of people watch out loud with their kids or like yeah you just always better safe than sorry and when you're doing uh youtube but yeah that was like an amazing episode you're such a talented speaker and i'm so glad that i had you on i'm sure the listeners can agree oh my god thank you so much for having me this is so fun i i feel so official doing this but yeah I hope you had fun too. I did. This was amazing. And I learned so much about you. Oh I, honestly, I honestly forgot that we were podcasting for a bit there. I felt like <laughs> we were just talking. But yeah, everybody go follow Jenna once again. Yes. Once again, if you would like to follow me, I my Instagram is Jenna X Hong and my YouTube is just my name, Jenna Hong. I hope to see you guys there. We're going to have some vlogs together, some pictures together. Uh, you can also follow me, Rachel Vin, V-I-N-N. And thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh my god, it's an error. Oh my god. What if they didn't get it? No. What if that whole episode was just choppy chop? Don't say. (laughs)